This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. You hear the advice all the time, eat healthier. It sounds easy enough, but a recent study found a surprising obstacle for many Americans. We'll get some practical advice. If you just increase their intake to just the recommended value, that was going to add, by our estimates, about $380 a year to an individual's food cost. Then, the inspiring story of a young woman who was diagnosed with an amazing number of challenges, from learning disabilities to anorexia to Tourette's syndrome, yet has found meaning and joy in life. I had to grow up at a very young age. I was faced with challenges that you know no child should face. At the same time, I am thankful because it gave me a different perspective on life. Stick around. Those stories and more are up next on this week's edition of InfoTrack. The program gets underway in just a moment. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Welcome back to InfoTrack. I'm Roy Mackey. We hear it all the time. It's not that hard to eat healthy, but is it? One expert says it can cost a lot. Our guest is Professor Pablo Monsivayas, Assistant Professor of Epidemiology at the University of Washington, and he's author of a new study on this topic. Dr. Monsivayas, what exactly were you studying? We were interested in understanding what the economic consequences are of following a healthy diet. To do that, we studied a group of adults, over a thousand adults here in our county where Seattle is located. We wanted to ask the question, what does it cost to increase specific vitamins and minerals in the diet? And we specifically focused on four nutrients that most Americans don't get enough of, potassium, calcium, vitamin D, and dietary fiber, which is neither a vitamin or a mineral, but it's another nutrient that we're mostly lacking in our diets. The net result of your study was that you found that it's much more expensive to eat healthy than most people expected. That's right. We were somewhat surprised by our findings. We've known for some time that having a healthier diet is generally more expensive than having a poor diet. But what we didn't know is the specific cost of raising intakes of these four nutrients. And what did surprise us about that was the fact that potassium out of those four was the most expensive one to increase. So much so that if you just take the group of adults we were surveying and have them increase their intake to just the recommended value, that was going to add, by our estimates, about $380 a year to an individual's food cost. Wow. That's kind of surprising because potassium, for example, things like bananas and potatoes have potassium, right? That's exactly right. In fact, after finding our results, we went back to our food database, which has both nutrient information and price information on a national level. And we examined that very question. It's which foods give you not just the most potassium, but the most potassium for the dollar. Those two foods that you pointed out are exactly the winners. And to add beyond the produce aisle, I would add milk to that because milk turns out to be quite a good source of potassium for the dollar. What that tells us about our study is that the sources where the people in our study were getting their potassium weren't as much of those foods, but more expensive sources. For example, if you get your potassium from peaches and nectarines and dark leafy greens, those are great sources of potassium, but they're not really the cheapest sources. So your study was not solely looking at the least expensive when it came up with that $380 figure? That's right. It's taking more of a realistic look about how people actually eat. And so what it tells us is that people might not be getting the best value for their dollar, 
based on our calculations. And so this is really an opportunity here for better dietary guidance that not only tells us about the nutrients we need for health, but actually tells us which foods give us those nutrients most affordably. One headline about your study said that federal policies deserve some of the blame because they inflate the cost of healthy food. Maybe you can explain that for us. Yeah. When it comes to making food choices, many of us say it's an individual choice issue, and I think that's largely correct. We all are responsible for putting items in our baskets and then putting food on the table for our families. But at the same time, we can't ignore the fact that the economics is influencing our decisions. Most of us are going to the store and trying to buy our groceries on a budget. And so our government actually sets the tone of our food economics because we give billions of dollars to specific crops that are produced on a large scale. For example, wheat, corn, soy, rice, and there might be a handful of other ones, but those four get the dominant amount of agricultural payment. And so if we really ask the question, is that investment that we make as a country in the direction of public health, I'm not so sure about that. I think those are all foods that we do need, but I would say that the foods that are encouraged in the dietary guidelines, for example, fresh vegetables and fruit, don't really see any of that money. To solve the problem of having a healthy diet affordably, part of the solution is going to be deciding whether our investments in our food system and in agriculture are going in the direction of health. Another problem, in addition to the cost, is that the American lifestyle does not necessarily allow the time to prepare some of these fresher foods, and so people make the choice for processed foods instead. That's right. When you talk about saving money and saving time, often your only choice is something in a fast food restaurant. Or maybe if you can go one more step, you can get something in a supermarket deli to take home that might be already prepared. We know from a number of research studies and just most of our observations that when you spend time in the kitchen, that's really an investment in health. And fewer and fewer families are doing that because of a number of economic factors, including having to work multiple jobs to make ends meet. So it's a complex issue. So that's why I talk about the need to really address this at different levels. And yet there are some shortcuts people can take. We mentioned potatoes a moment ago. It's not hard to bake a potato in a microwave for a few minutes, and you get a pretty big bang for the buck there. That's a great tip. Yeah, and especially if you can do that and add flavor to it by adding other condiments and seasonings, but you have to always be careful when you're doing that, that you're not adding too many other things that your body doesn't need more of, specifically more fat and more calories overall. So potatoes, as they stand alone, roasted, baked, or boiled, are really, as you said, give you a lot of bang for the buck. And I would also think about other foods that provide good nutrients at low cost. And the one that we found that provides the most fiber for the dollar turns out to be the humble dried bean. So pinto beans, kidney beans, black beans, lentils, and split peas, all of these foods are um, tremendous value when it comes to providing fiber affordably. And the fiber is, again, from our study, one of the most expensive nutrients to increase given how people normally eat. But again, most people don't really include many beans in their diet. And we're finding that if you did, you'd probably save and get a more nutritious diet out of it. Our guest on InfoTrack is Professor Pablo Monsivayas from the University of Washington. And he recently led a study that looked at the benefits of healthy food and the fact that it actually is more expensive than you might think. 
Tell us a little bit about the negative health consequences of being too low in, for example, potassium and fiber. Well, being too low in potassium is associated with a number of problems. We actually are, as a nation, suffering from chronic diseases, a lot of which could be addressed by just correcting the imbalances in our diet. And in particular, raising potassium and lowering sodium could really go a long way towards helping us address hypertension in this country. Potassium is really important in the regulation of almost every part of our body. It helps individual cells, both brain cells, muscle cells, and our whole cardiovascular system regulate what comes in and out of each cell. And as a result, it regulates the day-to-day housekeeping of our cells. And as a result, our organ systems and our blood pressure is affected by all of that. Fiber is one that we often just think of from the standpoint of roughage. Getting enough is important for just having good digestive health. But we're finding out more and more that fiber from different sources can actually help promote other beneficial processes in our body that are not just involved in, for example, keeping us regular, but also helping us absorb other nutrients and helping us get more out of the other foods we eat and helping us stay fuller longer. So fiber has a number of benefits that aren't widely known. Based upon what you learned in this study, is there one particular thing that you think is the worst eating habit that Americans have? Trying to cut corners by spending less time in the kitchen and more time doing other things, it might feel like we need to do that to make our lives work, but I think that what we're doing is really compromising our long-term health. And I think as a society, we pass a lot of valuable lessons to our younger generation, to our children, for example, in the context of our eating habits. And so when we sit down and have a meal together, that's more than just filling our stomachs. We're actually having a social exchange and we teach younger people valuable lessons about communication and actually practical skills that go along with cooking. Professor Pablo Monsivayas from the University of Washington. Is there somewhere online where people can learn more about your study? Yes, we are at the Center for Public Health Nutrition at the University of Washington, and our website can be found at cphn.org. Well, thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. Thanks for having me. Next, the story of a young woman who overcame an almost unbelievable number of physical and mental challenges. Prepare to be inspired. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this.